What's up, everybody? How are you? We good? Uh, it's going to be a good day today. I know that some of y'all were a little shocked that we didn't have kids programming and uh, promised it'll be back to normal next week. Uh, I got my seven-year-old sitting up here in the front row, and so he's got about three minutes in him before he's done. So I, I know how this game goes, and I'll try to keep it as brief as, as possible, okay? Well, last Sunday, Christmas Eve is my favorite Sunday at Cross Timbers. Uh, you have all these people from different backgrounds that come together, you know? You have family members and friends and neighbors, and people who haven't been to church in a while or only come to church once a year. They all gather in this building, and I get to do my favorite thing in the whole world, which is just tell them how much God loves them, right? And uh, in fact, we had, uh, had 5,500 people here for Christmas Eve services. It was awesome. So glad for it. And you know, I, I know you might hear that. I don't, I don't want you to think that I'm all about numbers and seeing how many people we can get here, how many butts in the seat, you know. Um, but <laughs> booties in the seat, sorry. But I tell you what I am all about. Um, I am all about seeing 100% of Argyle and the surrounding areas come to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, like, I am all about that. And I'm just really grateful that God used little old Cross Timbers Church to have an impact on people's lives last week. So thank you guys. Thank you to all of our serve team and volunteers who helped make last week impossible. It was a great Great service, I think. We, we call that our Super Bowl weekend for church. Uh, it's kind of the big Sunday. And then you have this Sunday. <laughs> and uh, we're not in overflow today. Um, you have this Sunday that's awkwardly placed between Christmas and New Year's. And, uh, uh, but let me, let me tell you a secret. Like This is my second favorite service of the year. Because the only people that are here today are the ones that really want to be here. <laughs> you have every excuse not to be here. Uh, you, you're tired. You're de-stressing, decompressing, decluttering. You might still have some family in town. It's time for them to leave. <laughs> but they're still in town. Uh, if you're an introvert, then you got your fill of people this week. If you're an extrovert, then you're, you're good. You, you socialized enough, but you still chose to be here, right? Uh, so I'm like, this is our core, man. This is like the people that want to be here. And so because of that, I feel like that I can kind of loosen up a little bit. I don't feel like I have to impress you as much. You're my family. I feel like that I can just today just kind of share my heart with you. Is that okay? Is that all right with you if I just kind of share my heart and just some things that I'm learning and what the Lord is teaching me lately? Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. And then we're going to take communion together and sing a little bit, and it's going to be really good. So naturally, I wanted to just spend a few minutes talking about a fresh start. Everybody say fresh start. Turn to the person next to you and say, I need a fresh start. 
Y'all are so much better than the first service. By the way, the kids do not bother me at all, running around or whatever you need to do. It's day in the life for me. You ever had to, like, restart your computer or restart your phone, your iPad? Let me, actually, let me say it this way. Uh, I've learned in life that there's two types of people. The first type of person is the person that clears all of their notifications on their phone at the end of every day. And then you have these psychopaths who have hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of unread notifications on their phone. And usually those two people are married. Raise your hand if you clear your notifications. God bless you. Raise your hand if you have lots of notifications on your phone. You are not welcome here. This is a cleared notification church. I will die on that theology. There's, there's um, the well church down the road. Argyle Community Church are great churches that might fit your theology. Our worship pastor, she just showed me between services, has over 900 unread text messages on her phone. So we're looking for a new worship pastor, if anybody can sing. Crazy, man. My elder, one of my elders... If you don't know what elder, it is kind of like my board of directors, people that hold me accountable. He had 400,000 unread emails on his phone. Unbiblical. <laughs> anyway, when I see that, like, I just want to grab their phone and reset it. Like, back to factory settings, right? Just want to just reset it back to factory settings. Give them a fresh start. Because I think we all need a fresh start in life sometimes. We all need a new beginning. Uh, it's kind of been a fresh start for me and my family. We just moved this past week. In fact, we, we this doesn't have anything to do with my message really, but we closed on the 22nd, moved on the 23rd. We had Christmas Eve services on the 24th, and then Christmas Day. And then on the 27th, two of my youngest got their tonsils taken out. So we're so, just, it's, we're dumb. But it's kind of been new beginnings for us. Uh, and I think there's something very spiritual about new beginnings and New Year's Eve. We all need them. In fact, we serve a God of new beginnings, of starting over, a God of fresh starts. He's not just a God of second chances or third chances. He's a God of 50th chances and 100th chances. Uh, in the book of Zechariah, Zechariah was written in 520 B.C., and it was um, right after the Israelites had been exiled from their home country by the Babylonians and taken into slavery. They got released and freed, and so they're coming back to Jerusalem to kind of start fresh, have a fresh start in, the, in their nation. And God said this about him. He said, I'll put a muscle in the people of Judah. I'll save the people of Joseph. I know their pain. Somebody say, God knows my pain. 
and I will make them good as new. Say, God will make me new. God knows your pain, and he will make you new. He says, they'll get a fresh start as if nothing ever had happened. Why? Because I'm of their very own God. I'll do what needs to be done for them. What an incredible promise. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that knows our pain? He knows our struggle. He knows our challenges. And he has the power within him to do what needs to be done so that you experience a fresh start. Hosea says this about the uh, people of Israel. He says, I will heal their waywardness. I will love them lavishly. Uh, My anger has played out. I will make a fresh start with Israel. He'll burst in a bloom like a crocus in the spring. He'll put down deep oak tree roots. He'll become a force of oaks. You know, that's my prayer for you in 2024, that the things that you've been praying for would come to fruition, that you would bloom like a crocus in the spring. A crocus is a uh, really beautiful purple flower that grows in the desert. I pray that you would just bloom like a crocus in the spring. And I know some of you are biblical scholars and you're like, that's a promise for Israel, not us. I understand that. I'm talking about the character of God. We serve a God that desires for you to have a fresh start. But here's what he does say about you and me. It says in Psalms 145, God gives a hand to those that are down on their luck. He gives a fresh start to those ready to quit. It's a word for somebody today. You're ready to quit. You're ready to give up. God says not yet because I'm about to give you a fresh start. So this is like a beautiful time of year because it's a time to dream. Like, what do you want to see happen in 2024? What do you want God to do in your life this year? What are some things you are asking of him? Because Matthew 7, 7 says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open." For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. It says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, you'll give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, you'll give him a snake? We don't do that. And so it says, what what more does a heavenly father, a perfect father, want to give their kids good gifts? We've got to get good at asking God. He's a good father that wants to answer your prayers. And I think sometimes the only thing standing between us and the desires of our heart is us asking the Lord. And so I want to encourage you as you go into this year and you write down New Year's resolutions or you think about them or process, however you kind of work through that situation, like don't just write them down. Take some time to ask God to help you. To ask God to give it to you. So here's kind of what I want to challenge you with today. Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. Turn to the person next to you and say, stop making excuses. Wow. 
Come on, somebody. I'm just going to preach to you guys over there. George Washington Carver, thank you for peanut butter, Georgie. He said, 99% of failures come from people who are in the habit of making excuses. Benjamin Franklin said, he who is good at making excuses is seldom good at anything else. Excuses are like belly buttons. Everyone's got one and they do nothing for you. Stop making excuses. Whatever it is that God has placed on your heart for this year, stop making excuses. A lot of times your excuse is the only barrier that's keeping you from accomplishing what's been placed in your spirit. So here's like, here's three common excuses we give ourselves. Uh, and then I'm gonna tell you what God says about them, okay? First excuse is this. I don't have what it takes. You know, there's a lot of people in the Bible that believe they did not have what it takes to do what they were called to do. It's a very, very common theme. Uh, Abraham and Moses and Peter. My favorite is Gideon, and, and Gideon was called by God to rescue the Israelites from a group of terrorists called the Midianites. And God said this, he said, but God faced him directly in Judges 6. Go in this strength that is yours. Save Israel from Midian. Haven't I just sent you? And Gideon said to him, me, master? How and with what could I ever save Israel? Look at me. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the runt of the litter. And God said to him, you doofus, I'll be with you. Believe in me. You'll defeat them as one man. Listen, here's the answer to your excuse. I don't have what it takes. You aren't going to do it. God will. God will do it. Can I just remind you that you can't do anything without the power of God in your life. Nothing, man. We gotta get better at inviting God's presence into every single thing that we do because we can't do it without him. I gotta remind myself of this on a regular basis trying to lead a church that I can get so wrapped up in the, 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 the doings of it all. Planning a good Christmas Eve service, it's like, I can't, it can't happen without God's presence. It can't happen without his power. So he is the one that we rely on. And Jesus said, with, all, with God, all things are possible. It's all possible with God. Here's another excuse we tell ourselves. I have failed in the past. Yeah, welcome to the human race, right? Uh, you are a product of your past. You are not a prisoner of your past. You have a choice whether you want to be a victim or a victor. God says this. He says in Isaiah, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness, in streams, in the wasteland. 
well, what about my failures? What about my mistakes? What about my errors where I've messed up this year? Well, God says, ask for forgiveness, confess your sins, confess your mistakes, and then move on from it. Proverbs 28 says, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces their sins, they find mercy. There's a lot of power in confession, you know? So we gotta get good at just confessing what we need to confess, bring it to the light. There's no shame in the light. Shame only hides in darkness. You bring it to the light, know that Jesus has forgiven you, and you move on from it. You're healed from it when you confess it. That's what James says. He says, There's, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Here's another excuse we tell ourselves. There's factors we can't control. Yeah, duh. Most of your life is beyond your control. You can't control the weather. You can't control the economy. You can't control other people. You'll never be able to control them. You, you have to live your life for God and do whatever he asks you to do in the middle of uncontrollable circumstances. Here's some things you can control. You can control how much you trust the Lord. You can control your attitude. You can control your actions. You can control your words. You can control your responses. But Proverbs 24.10 says, don't give up and be helpless in times of trouble. So you run into a situation that's hard for you, that's challenging, you can't control a lot of what's going on. God's word says, well, don't be helpless in those situations. Just control what you can control. Don't give up and be helpless in times of trouble. Some of you need to get that tattooed on your throat. Let me say it again. You have to live your life for God and do whatever he asks you to do in the middle of uncontrollable circumstances. And lastly, I just want to encourage you with this. Go for it. Whatever it is that God has placed on your heart for this year, go for it. Because Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud that passes by, they never harvest. God has got you. Listen, one of the reasons that uh, I can tell you with confidence to go for what the Lord has placed on your heart is because I know that we serve a God that is on your side. He is rooting for you. He is cheering for you. He is your advocate. He is on your side, you have the ultimate sovereignty, the ultimate creator, the ultimate father who is with you. Emmanuel is not just a Christmas season word. It is a word for the year. God is with you. 
And for what it's worth, I believe in you too. And I believe that God will give you the power and the desire to do what's pleasing to him in 2024.